Welcome to Nintendo Dads episode 232, recorded on May 30th, 2019. And on tonight's episode, we're discussing a whole lot of Pokemons. So, Jesse, you know what to do. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Marty here from Nintendo Dads, and you're listening to episode 232 of the podcast. I'm joined tonight by Mr. Jesse Waldack and Gary Gray, straight from across the pond or on your side of the pond, depending on which part of the world you listen to us from. I, myself, am coming to you live from an undisclosed location. Uh, (laughs) For those of you who are watching video, you know, this is not where I normally am. Uh, That's a plain white brick I got to move offices today. My life is in boxes and shambles around me. That's that's okay. You guys are important, not boxes and stuff. Jesse, how the heck are you, brother? Uh, Pretty good. Uh, uh, Our carpet's still a little wet from last week, but... uh, we haven't gotten any worse, and Tuesday we had a big tornado scare. Like, there was a tornado on the ground for like an hour and a half that passed by about 10 miles away from my house. We're talking like wow. three quarters of a mile wide twister. It was crazy. I haven't been yeah. that worried about a storm in a long time. Man, that and that was was that the, the one that you were describing when you said your son just came downstairs and played Switch? Yes. And didn't watch the radar or anything? Yeah, I wanted to turn the TV on and watch the news, and he comes down because he hears sirens and just plops down and plays Smash. I'm like, no, 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 we're watching the news. That's, there's <laughs> there's a handheld mode for that, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of handheld mode, joining us also is Gary Gray. <laughs> I don't know. I have I don't so know. many it's things. It's late. It's I been a really long day. Um, how are you, friend? You know, we were getting into Mega Dad's territory there. Kind <laughs> of. Uh, yeah. you know, but I can't wait for this reboot of The Wizard of Oz where Dorothy's like, "Yeah, I'll just go and play some Smash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not worried about the tornado or the lollipop guild or whatever. I, I forget what the Smash. conversation was, but it was. I think my daughter said something. She says that we're not, or we're going to, or we're not in, and... My wife says Kansas, and I say Oz at the same time. No, it was, it was regarding a hot air balloon. And she says Kansas, and I said Oz. And I'm like, I think by definition, they are exact opposite locations. Kansas. <laughs> we're in Kansas. Because uh, you are not in Kansas tonight. You are right here with episode 232, and we've got a ton of stuff to discuss. Pokemon press conference this week with four huge announcements. Uh, a brand new update to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate that adds a brand new feature uh, and all kinds of other Nintendo goodness that we missed last week due to our E3 predictions. So, guys, let's just jump in headfirst to the news. And as always, please understand. Why, why are we please understanding? I just felt like hitting that one. Uh, okay, that's okay. Maybe it's because of the news <laughs> we missed last week. Of course, our news is always brought to us by our great, awesome, amazing, wonderful, fantastic, good. All of the, all of the adjectives. They smell really good. Our patrons over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can jump into our Discord. And uh, hey, guys, 
By the way, let me throw this in here that right now our brand new monthly mayhem contest has launched and it is the wonderful time wasting uh, <laughs> game Downwell, uh, which is a if you think you've played a game like it, probably not. It is a it's, it's a vertical shooter that it progresses downward instead of upward. And, and you got, shoot with your gun boots. And I got my point, and that's probably all I'm going to give. <laughs> I mean, you get right a point now. for saying that, for showing that you're actually playing the game. Yeah, that's right. So I got the one Mayhem three, is, and I get stuck. Monthly Mayhem is our brand new uh, contest, interactive contest that we do over on our Discord with our patrons over there. Uh, and you can join in, and you get money for doing this. Uh, if you win the Downwell contest, you get fifteen dollars in eShop credit. If you win, if you are selected in the raffle from the rest of the people who don't win the fifteen dollars, you're up for ten dollars of eShop credit. Uh, and then we have our random twenty-five draw dollar draw each week from or each month from our patrons as well. So uh, all you have to do is be a dollar patron to get in on it. So go over to Patreon.com/backslash Nintendo Dads and sign up. And join us right now. Downwell is a dollar fifty in the Nintendo eShop because of the Devolver Digital sale uh, going on right now. All of their titles are on sale, including the newly released Gato Robot Roboto, uh, which uh, we'll talk about later on in the show. But guys, let's talk some Pokemon. Pokemon uh, Company held a press conference this week in Japan. Uh, it was held uh, Tuesday evening, I believe, for us. Was what it would have been. Is that correct? Um, I think so. I don't remember. I don't think it was last night. No, it wasn't last night. So, yeah, it was definitely Tuesday. Uh, and uh, a lot of us were following along on Twitter to look at these updates. Now, also promised, along with this press conference, is a brand new Nintendo Direct, which will focus completely on Pokemon Sword and Shield, that uh, will come out next week on July 5th. Uh, has a time for that been announced yet? 6 a.m. Pacific. Wow. Well, really? I'm pretty sure that this is going to be worldwide direct, so Japan's will be 6 p.m.-ish. You know, you know that at the, the last time. Pokemon Direct was at that time as well, when they revealed Sword and Shield. Yeah. Most, and it was worldwide. Normally Pokemon Direct is right. worldwide, worldwide yeah. simultaneous, just to yeah. prevent the leaks. So there you go, 6 a.m. Pacific time. That would be 8 a.m. Central time, 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and so be ready for that next Wednesday. And, of course, we'll cover it on the show next week. But let's talk about these uh, announcements from the Pokemon press conference. The, the, the press conference was more hyped than usual. They asked people to tune in and live stream uh, and watch as these announcements were uh, unveiled. And four huge announcements that we're going to break down for you right here. Pokemon Home was announced uh, as well as a new-ish Detective Pikachu game for the Nintendo Switch, a new device called the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, which is probably the stupidest name I've ever heard since the new Nintendo 3DS XL with Knuckles and whatever else you want to sprinkle on there. <laughs> and also Pokemon and Pokemon Go Plus Plus will also uh, work with a new service called Pokemon Sleep and Pokemon Masters. Uh, will be coming to the uh, to mobile devices developed by DNA, uh, and, we'll, and it's a um, it's a mobile game for, focusing on famous Pokemon trainers throughout Pokemon Legacy. Uh, so, you know, like all your favorite trainers from the from the anime, and they'll all be in there. Brock, uh, 
that one girl. Misty. Um, that one guy that's not Ash. Yeah, they'll all be in there. I promise. I'm, I'm sure so, red and blue. and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they totally have already shown some heart for those. Yeah, as, I think, like, I think I they think did show part blue. Of the, I think it was part of the like the splash screen that they showed for that. So let's talk about these. The first announcement was Detective Pikachu uh, for Nintendo Switch. And uh, probably, w- wouldn't you say this was probably one of the more anticlimactic announcements yeah, of the entire Direct? It was kind of like an in-passing thing, like almost like he wasn't really supposed to say it, but he it just came out. And it isn't really clear if this is like an enhanced remake that'll actually finish a story or if it will be actually be a separate game that will finish a story. Well, we don't know yet. Yeah. The, all I can think about was way to cash in on that movie right yeah, now. They, they right? did make a comparison of the box office of, uh, of Detective Pikachu it, to that of Godzilla, which is big in Japan. Wow. Literally okay. and figuratively. Now, from what I from what I was able to gather and, and looking at this, I did not get to watch the live stream, but I was following along on Twitter because I was busy during that time. Uh, yeah, they the did claim... The live stream actually surprised me. I expected it to be just all in Japanese, and we wouldn't get translations until the next day. But it was, it was simulcast with immediate English and Chinese wow. translations. And then after about five minutes of hearing the same sentence three times in each language, they cut into this real-time translation. So we, at that point, we only heard the English, which was great. That's cool. That's a good way to do that. I mean... You got you got those three huge audiences there that you know are going to tune in. Um, from what I understand about the Detective Pikachu game that I saw people talking about afterwards is this is the 3DS game uh, with a new ending, and the reason for that is is not not going to spoil anything or spoil any plot points here by saying this that. Uh, and Jesse, you can confirm this because you finished the game, correct? No, I didn't. you didn't finish Detective Pikachu. I only got like three or four hours in. Okay, so Detective Pikachu ends on a cliffhanger ending, and you you don't really ever like it doesn't feel wrapped up at least according to what I saw from a lot of people. the The claim is here that this will be Detective Pikachu the game as we know it with a brand new ending, and I would assume maybe graphical upgrades. I hope so because a three DS game is not going to look good on right. the Switch. It's, it's, yeah, two. Yeah, it's 240p, so they better yeah, have... I mean, it's definitely not going to look good on your TV textures. if you're playing it that way. So, um, for, for people who are listening that maybe have not played Detective Pikachu, can you kind of describe what type of game it is? Um, I'm trying to remember because it's been a few years. But, yeah, um, it, it, it's, it's, very, it's more like a, a simple puzzle game where you'll know the answers pretty fast, I think. Yeah, it, it, I think I described it like like Dora the Explorer, the game in, in yeah. the level of pandering to children it gets, mm-hmm. which yeah, is it's, why it's... it put me off. Now, okay. I, I played it, and I quite enjoy kids' games. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure anybody who, who pays attention to our YouTube probably knows that I review a lot of the kids' games. Yeah, if I had a four-year-old, it'd probably be different, but... <laughs> At the time, my youngest was fifteen. That is yeah. small difference. <laughs> and it, as as an adult playing it, it can get very very daunting fast because it's 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 so simple. Um, 
but it's one of those things where you can know the answer to a riddle sometimes, but you have to play it out in game first. And it takes so long to do you that. Have, you have to do it their levels. way. That's yeah. what you're saying. Um, it, it is a fun little game. Um, it's oh. just that that would be my caution about it. I was listening to IGN's podcast this, um, this earlier today. They were talking a little bit about it. And uh, like the Japanese version of the game isn't even in kanji. It's in whatever is what kids learn first. Oh, uh, okay. I forget, I forget the term. But yeah, so it's it's obviously made for kids. So obviously, again, if people haven't don't know about the game or haven't been following it, it is it's would it be safe to call it an introductory Pokemon title? Like you're this is get the kids interested in Pokemon. Uh, I, I'm not sure about that. It's more of a, I mean, because they don't get it, into battling at all. No, oh, at least no. But, but your world building, you're introducing them to the world of Pokemon. It, it's a good start to the world of Pokemon. Uh, I mean, re- realistically, it's more like an introduction to Broken Sword. It's it's the point and click adventure that's not a point and click adventure. Oh sure, uh, yeah. It's, it's very light detective work. It's an uh, interactive storybook. Yeah, essentially, oh. it's it's such a good game for for kids. It, it really is like it, it, you know, it's it's thought inducing. It's it's clever. So, so I have a twelve year old who is begging me for this game after seeing Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Do you? What do you think? I mean, is he now? This is my son, so we we we're working with some issues here. So he's probably on about a a ten year old mentality level. Yeah, is it I gonna think, be? Is it gonna be like way under his? Like, is he gonna look at me like I'm bored? Because this game is still thirty five dollars. I'd say it's a coin flip. He, yeah, he, he might attach on it and love it, and he might have the same opinion as me. I gotcha. Hard to tell. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it's a really tough one to recommend to people without knowing them well. I think because th- there is a certain amount of patience involved, uh, but at the same time, it's it's a, it's a really good job of uh, logging everything that you've seen or done in game. So there's like a, a list of who you've talked to and what they've said and all that sort of stuff. So it, it really does depend on on who it is. If 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 it if you're someone who gets invested into story and more of the lore of the story, then I think it's a it's a good it's a good game to recommend. I think what we'll probably do is wait until we get some more firm specifics on the switch release and see if it's something he wants to spend his money on. Then, I mean, it would have to be that. Like, if the switch release is just the three DS game plus some, then you wouldn't want to get the three DS version. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he barely touches his three DS as it is right now. I mean, it's just like when the switch is charging. So, so <laughs> he's, he's going for the three DS. I don't know. He, he was really, um, the Mario Maker 2 hype in our house is really real. Like it's 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 rabid. And so I have my Wii U hooked up here at my office and he's always begging lately to come up. Uh, can I come play Mario Maker? Can I come play Mario Maker? He wants to build levels and and so he started playing it again on his 3DS. So like I actually see him carrying his 3DS places more now than his Switch because of Mario Maker. And we'll talk about Mario Maker 2 later on in the show. Um the second announcement that was made during this uh, Pokemon press conference is that Pokemon Home, uh, a new cloud service for Nintendo Switch, iOS, and Android, would be launching in early 2020. Uh, basically, Pokemon Home is an evolution of Pokemon Bank uh, that will be available to players uh, 
that will allow them to combine Pokemon storage from Pokemon Bank for 3DS games, Pokemon Go for mobile, and all four Pokemon games for the Switch. Um, can we just go ahead and say that that's pretty huge? That's that's that is epic. I mean, we, like we thought Bank was huge, and this is Bank is now just yeah. a quarter of this. Yeah. So, so yeah, you, I am my, a. My understanding ho- is you can put stuff into home from any source, but you can only pull out of home into Sword and Shield. Okay. So let me ask you this: as a as a Pokemon noob, like because I am, like I I'm very extremely casual Pokemon player. Um, what is Pokemon Bank? Pokemon Bank was a service that they had set up. Well, they had, they had a DS client so you can get Pokemon from your Gen 5 games and then you migrate them into your Gen 6 and 7 games into the 3DS. And we right. lost Gary again. <laughs> He'll be back. Anyway, yeah. So it was, it was just a, a way to do, like, like do a local trade from game to game by yourself. So legitimately, what that means is that Sword and Shield could have any Pokemon. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the game will have to support all 850-ish Pokemon that are out there, plus right. whatever. Plus, plus whatever plus that region exists. Yeah. Yeah, I don't that, remember what number Meltan was, but uh, that they're in the 800s. Is, that's pretty awesome. And uh, like you said, I mean, being able to, like, you're going to combine one to, I mean, how many 3DS games did Pokemon Bank support? Um, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, Sun and Moon, X and Y. Alpha Omega. Oh Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is something like close to 20 games that can port into uh, Pokemon Home. Right. And you'll be able to so explain a little bit more here. They can only go into Sword and Shield, so you won't be able to pull these Pokemon into Pokemon Go. Right, you, can, you won't be you able to move pull them, them back Go into a three DS game. But, yeah, but and yeah, you won't be able to pull it back into other older games. You know, mainly to help prevent you from saying, you know, Mill Metal is number eight oh nine, so Grass Starter will be eight ten. Yeah, so you can't take eight ten and try to put it into sun because that's not going to work sure well, what about mel metal can you put it can you put him in sun no because mel because uh, mel metal wasn't, wasn't part of sun you know mel, gotcha its introduction was in go gotcha so so i can take you when you put a pokemon i can put a pokemon into home or bank right now they can't go backwards but they can go forwards right so i can so i'll once this this gets set up. I'll be able to take a Mel Metal from Go, put it in the home, then put it into my Shield game, and have a Mel Metal with me. That's cool. And and the reason, guys, if you're listening and you're like, I get this, I know this, I'm a Pokemon fan. Like, understand that we do end up having a lot of non-Pokemon fans who listen to this. That when we talk about Pokemon, they ain't got no clue what we're talking about, y'all. You know, we get to talking about, you know, Lileaps and Slackoths and uh, Wobble Puffets and all kinds of other stuff, and they've got no clue, right? And so that's why I'm getting Jesse to explain a lot of this, because 
you got a Pokemon master sitting in front of you right here in uncle Jesse. So, um, <laughs> I guess you're excited about Pokemon home. Uh, well, I have myself not as much is because I've never, I never cared to move them from game to game. My son will be because I don't, right. I don't even know if he still has access to his bank because he had a lot of his old Pokemon in bank because, you know, collecting all these shinies. Now, bank, bank was a service you had to pay for. Right. They didn't say that home is paid, but they didn't say home is free either. Yeah, I was, I was about to say they didn't say that it was, it was free. Right. I would expect it to be a paid service. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would also expect it to be cheap. You know, oh. I think what bank was like, what, five bucks a year. Yeah. So, I mean, we got Nintendo online for 20 a year. You're not going to be paying, you know, 20 bucks a month to store your Pokemon at home. I promise. Right. And then the, uh, the another advantage of what they're going to add in with home is a mobile app. So, like, if you have a Pokemon at home and I have a Pokemon at home, we can do a trade within home, the home environment, out of any other game, and then migrate them into our Sword and Shield. That that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And see, that is a natural evolution of of what Pokemon has been heading toward all this time. And that's that's fantastic. I love that. Um, the third announcement that was that was mentioned here was Pokemon Sleep. And uh, if you've wondered where Nintendo's quality of life products have gone, uh, they've just been taken over by the Pokemon Company. Uh, Pokemon Sleep is uh, a way to pair with Pokemon Go, and what it does is it uh, the press release said, or actually the the uh, the press conference said it aims to turn sleeping into entertainment by having a player's time spent sleeping and the time they wake up affect gameplay. So what the Pokemon Go Plus Plus will do and how this figures in is that it, it tracks the sleep of the player. It can also be used as a Pokemon Go Plus and Pokemon Go. Uh, and then there's other information about what it will do that will be available at a later date. Uh, they've planned to release this to mobile devices sometime in 2020. They didn't really give a a window or anything like that. Um, I am kind of on the fence about this. Yeah, I'm curious, just because I do pay attention to my sleep, because right. I've, been, I've been on a CPAP for about a year and a half, and so I, I you know, my, my Fitbit tracks my quality of sleep and lets me know, you know, you, you've had 15% of REM. You've been awake for 10% of the night. You know, and, you know, my CPAP itself gives me, gives me stats about how long I've been on it. Am I getting air leakage? Which, you know, and obviously the more air leak I have, the worse night I'll have because I'm not getting the air I need. So I've already got stuff that tracks sleep for me. So having another device do it isn't all that different to me. And so I'm kind of curious about how this will all work. So I'm going to, I'll probably check this out when it comes out. I know other people. One person on Twitter said, yeah, you know, I, I suck at Pokemon, but I can sleep. So uh, with the best of them, my reply was, I can't. I need help sleeping. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Our, um, I, I love watching along and seeing people, you know, comment during this. And I pulled up the Twitter feed of our own Zach Erickson. He had plenty to say about the Pokemon uh press conference uh, i'll just read some of these tweets oh, the last piece uh, of news he was all for yeah in 2020 you'll be able to sleep with your pokemon wait 
Wait, I think getting, here's another we're getting one. Getting into Mega Dance territory again. Yeah, I think you meant new Pokemon Go plus plus XL. Uh, then he retweets uh, the Pokemon Snap logo where someone has erased the S, so it says Pokemon Nap. They missed yes. an opportunity there. I thought. Uh, then, but now he did say this, and I this is why I brought the Twitter feed up because uh, I kind of agree with him here. He says my concern about Pokemon Sleep is that you'll just be training people to grab their phones as soon as they wake up. This is already a big enough problem for a lot of people. Instead of, oh, hello, real world, good morning, it will be just be straight into your screen. Blech. Yeah, another problem I think uh, will arise for me is people go on their phone before bed, which is a known problem. I mean, we all know about the whole blue light thing and it keeping you awake and messing with your mind. And it's... Yeah, I I do not like the idea of Pokemon Sleep in the slightest. Um, I think that sleep time and, you know, you, you need a distance away from games at some point, and especially for sleep. Uh, I think that, I don't know, I just don't like the idea of it. Also, well, I, I want to I wanna know if this if this uh, plus, 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 plus works when there's two of you in a bed and a toddler decides to dive in at one in the morning. That was that was my my concern is you know the, the way they it says the the plus plus checks is uses gyro controls to feel motions in the bed to know how you're doing but you know if my wife gets up to go to the bathroom it's gonna dock me because of she's moving the bed but like not, not not much they can do about that well that's why you've got to get one of those bags beds you know you can like lay down on an egg and it right. doesn't break. Yeah, I see. Like, who came up with that test? Like, they're going to make a bed you can lay down on an egg and, and I, it won't I, break. I said something about that. That'd be a great I, idea. I said something about that on Twitter, and I, I got a reply was ditch the spouse Pokemon for life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and, and the thing about this, guys, is think about this. We're talking about this from a dad perspective uh, or from an adult perspective. Let's, let's, let's shift gears and let's think about it as a dad perspective for a little bit. Um, do we want another app that encourages our kids to take their devices to bed with them? It could be a learning thing because you don't necessarily have to have the phone in bed. You just have the plus 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 will have right light dim lights. And that's about it. It probably will have noise. You could probably mute the noises. Well, I I agree with that. And and then you can pair it. If you're like most people, you can pair it with your phone. In the morning. Right. But if you're like most people, where's your phone charger? It's right next to your bed, right? I mean, I use my phone charger. I use my phone as my alarm clock. I use my phone as music before bed. I use, I, you know, I have the inductive charger that's right there that charges my Apple Watch and my phone at the same time just by laying them down. I, it's not going to, I'm not going to leave my phone in the, in, on the bar, you know, in the kitchen and be like, hey, okay, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> I, 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 and and this, I say that because I asked that question. This is why, because this is a battle we're fighting at home right now. Me and my kids is that we made the mistake of allowing them to take their, you know, iPads upstairs because they had saved music on there and they would listen to that to go to sleep. Which you know, it's really funny uh, to be sitting in your living room and the undertale soundtrack is coming down the stairs because that's what my son is listening to and his doors open. Uh, that's all he listens to is undertale. Um, but 
you know, like we started to like push on that a little bit and say, you know, we don't, we don't want you to have that upstairs. You're going to find another way to do it. And, um, my teenage daughter, man, she is like, or I say teenage, she's not even teenage. She's 11 or going to be 11. And that drama is hitting really hard right now. Uh, everything is a huge deal. Everything's dramatic. And, and this was like, you would have thought we were killing her, taking her, her iPad away. Right. But I mean, she, she, you know, we talked about it and she understands it now and she understands why we're doing it. But like, I think it's just like, this is something else that's driving, you know, never be disconnected from anything. And Gary's right. I mean, we do need a little bit of disconnection every now and then. And I say that as a technology buff, like as somebody who loves video games and loves technology. And I am the one that's in bed at night with my phone or with, and with my iPad, you know, like reading and all that stuff. They, and Apple has done some good, has done some good work there and trying to, you know, night shift and all that stuff to make it better. But it's still, it's, it's a prevalent thing. Uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're just judging it before it's too, you know, before we see it and we just need to give it some time to shake out. But I, I do hate the name Pokemon Go Plus Plus. Can we agree oh, on that? That's horrible. What? Whoever named that, really? I think my, my tweet like, That's what I want to say. I just say, really? That's really the best you could come up with. My tweet about it says, are you sure you don't want to throw the word new in there a few times? Yeah, or with knuckles. Uh, I mean, like, there's Galaxy so much edition. they could have they they done. Pokemon Plus Master Edition for a Master Ball. They could have done an Ultra Ball. They could have Pokemon Plus Ultra. They could have done Pokemon Go Plus Sleep. Now we're talking about My because Hero Academia <laughs> Plus Ultra. Nah, I don't even know what you're talking about there. <laughs> uh, if you anyway, like superhero shows, check it out. It's a good anime. I'm going to have to do that. I've heard too much about it that I need to. I do need to watch it. Um, so this is coming out in 2020 which means an update to Pokemon Go in 2020 and the device coming out at the same time. No price point, no real release window. It's just 2020, it's coming. I'm not 100% sure it'll actually incorporate with Go, but Sleep being its own separate thing, it might also have a thing with Go. That was kind of... Well, I mean, it can be used as a Pokemon Go Plus, so it's going to oh, come well, in some way. There's going to have to be an update for it to, to function. Oh, yeah, for that. But I was, I was thinking about it in terms of the... Turning the oh, and then, yeah, and you're, and you're totally right. Like I was missing the app part of it and, and all that. So, uh, the last big announcement, I guess, was Pokemon Masters, which is the DNA developed mobile game. Uh, again, this is going to feature many famous Pokemon trainers from the entire history of Pokemon games. And there will be more information, uh, available about it in June, which conveniently is next week when the direct happens. So uh, I think that means we'll probably get a little bit more about it either there or at E3. I'm thinking about E3 because I think they're going to focus the direct on Sword and Shield and nothing like, else. I'll, I'll be real honest with you. I don't want them to waste time on this during the direct. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't. At E3, I would rather not hear about a Pokemon mobile game <laughs> that I'm never going to play. Yeah. This is th- this is Nintendo's. Ever present E3 dinosaur in the sky moment. Yeah. 
And I just don't get why they do this. Like every year they come out and they're swinging and they're swinging and they're hitting and they're hitting and they'll be like, Hey guys, let's spend 50 minutes listening to a floating dinosaur in the sky. Tell you about what it's like to live on his back. No, <laughs> no, no, nobody cares. Mecha dragon says Pokemon has weaponized the waifu and husbandos. Yeah. Basically that's what is happening. Uh, more information again, coming in June. Uh, the last announcement that was made, uh, Zach was also very excited about, and that is, uh, I guess it's just called Pokemon Shirts. Uh, shirts featuring the first 151 Pokemon uh, will be made available to buy in Japan for some time. Uh, and it has or, been available they have already. been available in, in Japan for some time, and now they will be available in other regions. However, that does not mean you will be able to get one for cheap. Um, he mentioned on his Twitter feed that, uh, a single shirt, uh, for him was going to run over $130. Is that, I'm presuming that's Canadian dollars. So it's probably more like a hundred dollars. Sure. Yeah. But that's still a lot for a shirt. That is a lot for a shirt. I don't like spending more than 20 if I can help it. Yeah. Me, me either. I'm just looking on here. Like if I want a, a men's. Uh, then you can get a men's casual shirt, a men's dress shirt, or a men's Hawaiian shirt. Let me let me see what a dress shirt. Obviously, they're not in my size, so nothing ever is. I'm well, just going the big. These are designed for Japanese people. <laughs> so yeah, come on, they're not in our well, size. There's sumo wrestlers over there. I mean, that's surely they would want to wear. They are the outliers, shirt. I'm sure. Yes, a just a shirt. The base shirt is a hundred dollars. Like starting with the base, uh, and it gave me a shirt with Pidgey on it. Why would I? Why would anybody want a shirt? I've never met anybody who's like, you know what, my favorite Pokemon is Pidgey. Oh, oh but it's sure such a good design for a shirt. I'm sure there's a few of these shirts that don't go at all. But if yeah, but you know the the, the EV, the Pikachu. Can you imagine those, the guy the, like the Charizard? Guy they'll go crazy. To an interview, and he Loki has a like a Garbodor right here. You know, like the garbage <laughs> Pokemon. Oh, Ugh. Gen, like, these are only Gen One at this time. I know. I'm just. That's a dumb design. Yeah, just saying. Winner wants a Radita shirt. Really? <laughs> Probably not. And I'm not, I'm, no, I said that came out really wrong. I'm sorry. I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm not, ju- not judging. Like, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, like there's going to be some guy out there. who's like, yeah, my favorite Pokemon is uh sand true. <laughs> I don't know. Like Kabutops. No, I, I, I can see people Kabutops. being my, Mr. Mime fans after that movie. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be, uh, just, Full disclosure, I would wear a Psyduck shirt. Yeah, so, I can see that. Yeah, I, I like Psyduck. Psyduck has um, So that's all the Pokemon news uh, that you can handle. Uh, and then some, you know what, Jesse, let's just do this right here. Since we're already talking about Pokemon, let's talk about, because it's all that's in our events. So let's talk about Pokemon Go for just a minute. Sure. So, so. I was waiting for the music. Oh, you want me to do the music? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this, just, yeah. Wrong music. <laughs> you know what? It's, Gary said before we recorded, this could be the greatest show that has ever happened. And, you know, it's okay. 
Um, June Community Day is uh, featuring Slackoff, and this starts on Saturday, June 8th from, or it is Saturday, June 8th from 3 to 6 p.m. local time. Uh, More details will come out closer to the event. There's also something coming up called Adventure Week, which begins June 4th at 1 p.m. through June 11th at 1 p.m. Both of those are Pacific time. Rock-type Pokemon will be available more frequently and will appear in two kilometer or two, two, whatever, uh, yeah, two kilometer. Bunch of just miles, miles, come on. Miles are better. Uh, Rock-type Pokemon will be in raids. Onyx, Lyleep, and Anorith may be shiny, and uh, you can get 4X Buddy Candy and Pokestops that you never accessed before. We'll give you 10X uh, XP, which is nice. Uh, in other words, get out there and walk, fat people. Uh, trainers using Adventure Sync uh, get and, and who get 50 kilometers of walking distance in will earn 50,000 Stardust and 15 rare candies. Stardust. So is yeah. the high demand item if you're yeah. playing so high end. So get out there and play Pokemon Go that week, Adventure Week, June 4th through the 11th. That that's this coming Tuesday. Uh, through the following Tuesday. So, and then uh, that weekend, slack off on uh, Saturday, three to six local time. Uh, now we'll dive back into the news without uh, any further ado. Uh, a huge update came out today uh, for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate 3.1.0 that out of nowhere added VR to Smash. Uh, I wish that I had had the opportunity to try this out before we re- went on uh, air tonight. But I did watch, there is a trailer right now on YouTube that is available if you want to go over there uh, and watch that. Uh, the uh, The basic gist of this is that you will be able to play uh, timed battles against uh, local matches, against opponent local opponents or CPU, uh, and you will be able to view them through the ToyCon uh, VR goggles. Uh, which will give you the ability to look around at the maps while the battle is going on and see them in kind of a, um, you know, 3D view or or whatever. Um, there was also a lot of character nerfs and buffs that came out during this, and there's too many to go through. Uh, MyNintendoNews.com has all of the details on that. Um, but basically, uh, if you want to r- run down of it, they uh, made Pichu basically unusable, and they made Joker even more powerful. Surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, online features that were added right now is uh, FPs, fighter personas. I don't know what fighter people. Uh, your amiibos can now be used in battle arenas. They can be uh, sent out on journeys, uh, and they can bring back some of your some winnings and spoils and different things like that. Uh, and it basically, the rest of it is stability and all that fun stuff. Uh, guys, I'm going to be honest here when I talk about this, that uh, just from the trailer, the VR mode looks awesome. Yeah, but would you want to play like this? <laughs> yeah, not really. But the ability to look around in real time and see some of the details on those maps that you weren't able to see before and different things like that, like... Um, the Pokemon Tower stage where you go, you know, you get on the platform and it rises up to the top. Uh, it was shown you, you can look down, you know, and see down to the bottom. The Spirit Track stage, you could see off into the distance and see where the tracks were leading and where you were coming from. See things coming down the tracks like the bomb train and other things. For those listening to the audio version, 
playing it like this was with your hands up to your face because you not only have to control it with the Joy-Con, but you have to hold it to your face because there's no straps. Here at this point, I I think Nintendo, uh, if they're going to continue to add VR options to their most popular games, it's time to release the face strap. Yeah. Like, it's an add-on kit that is that they have engineered to attach to the already pre-built joy uh, toy con that adds the face strap. It's got to happen. I hope so. I, I, I can't think of anything more vomit inducing than the um, VR upgrade for smash because of levels like the spirit track one. Uh, I can imagine it being a little heavy um, for VR. But it it you know I like I like that the this Toy-Con VR stuff is getting updated into games and it's actually being taken seriously. Well, there's a third um, party does, game coming out soon that'll for VR. Yeah, that's getting Switch support with Labo. I forget. Yeah, the name I also it, saw that Unity have uh, included the option now as well for developers to add Toy-Con VR as a mode onto games. So, oh, so Doom Eternal is going to have it. Spice and Wolf yeah. VR is what the email was thinking of. Uh, you know, here's the thing, though. Like, I think, you, Gary, the way you said it is is exactly right. Like, they continue to add value with this. And if you notice, I mean, besides Breath of the Wild, which may may have been the first thing that they came up with, right, when they when they were trying to add these upgrades, Mario and Smash... If you'll notice both of these have been timed right like the mario levels are very limited it's like go find the, the musical instruments and boom you're done um smash is like here's a timed you know fight in other words it's not meant to be taken in large doses which is why i'm surprised they did breath of the wild is here's the entire game in vr really yeah and that's apparently well that's why i said it may have been the it, it may have been the first thing they developed Right, well, and then after that, they were they were like, "Whoa, we can't do a whole game." Like it, it, you know, we gotta we gotta back off on this a little bit because of the performance. The thing is with Breath of the Wild's VR is, even though it's it's a lot more immersive than the other games, it's it doesn't feel that intense. And I don't know if it's just because the graphics are so low on it when you're playing in the VR, um, but. I mean, I, I suffer from motion sickness when I use VR sometimes. Um, I went to an event, from in, uh, a gaming event uh, last year, and I went on a VR roller coaster and had to sit down for a couple of hours afterwards because I felt awful. Um, I haven't really been that bad with Zelda, and I, I, I saw the outlets on about how it makes you feel really sick after a while, but I haven't been that bad from it. Um, but I, I can't wait to see if Smash... Um, does some damage because uh, you know that like I say some of those levels are very fast and the action yeah. is very fast so I could see I don't know I, I find it a weird one to add the VR to if I'm being completely honest um, and it's not know, active on every stage let's 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 throw that out there too There's it's only active on select stages yeah. and they showed I mean it was more than I thought of course like Big Battlefield uh, is is on the list um, the Odyssey level, Spirit Tracks, uh, Onet Town, um, 
the uh, the the F Zero track where you're fighting on on top of all the cars, Luigi's Mansion, the Pokemon level we already previous mentioned. Um, I, I really hope the Mega Man stage is just cause you know, but probably not. And the Castlevania stage that would be cool too, but. Uh, I, I, I'm, I've got to go home and try this tonight. Like I'm, I'm really interested in it. Um, I have to put my kit together, <laughs> you know, like I really love that they're using their, their, they're driving people to Labo with their main software. Mm-hmm. And I think that's smart. And, and I think that the buzz for the VR, uh, Labo has been better than anything that they've done. And I think this is exactly what they needed to do. This is the sweet spot for Labo. It's working together with, the rest of Nintendo's repertoire, you know? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what's added next. I, guys, I, honestly, it's a matter of time for Mario Kart. Wouldn't like, seriously, unless they're saving that for Mario Kart nine. Right. Yeah. That, that'd be the real test. I think like I mean, there is a VR arcade out there. So right. there is some work that probably can be migrated over. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of updates, uh, Mario Tennis Aces will also be updated to 3.1.0 tomorrow. No, it does not add VR tennis. Uh, what it <laughs> does add out of nowhere, though, is uh, character rebalancing and a brand new character, Fire Piranha Plant. Uh, and Dry Bowser has also been announced to be coming to Mario Tennis Aces as well. Uh, and if you're counting... That's 15 more updates or so than Mar- Super Mario Party has gotten. And Super Mario Party is a top five all-time selling game for the Switch. <laughs> Mario Tennis Aces, it's not, not even the top ten, I don't think. Uh, it, it's it's strange, isn't it? It's, it's so strange because like I know that Mario Party was more of a complete game when it launched. But I'm quite surprised by the support for Mario Tennis Aces, considering that I think ARMS had less now. Yeah, what Mario Tennis Aces has got, but yet the argument with Mario Tennis Aces was so divided, and it kind of makes me wonder how many people are still actually playing it. I don't know. Maybe mm. maybe they know something we don't know, right? Yeah, well, they've got numbers, so they know how many how many people are playing it. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just because arms didn't have legs. Oh. Uh, um. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, that was bad. <laughs> I've got plenty of tennis points. If you, guys are ready. if you guys are ready, sit down. Um, some of these. Hey, right? We do dad jokes. Um, if you're still playing Mario Tennis Aces, let us know. Right? Let us know uh, on Twitter. Let us know on Facebook. Let us know. Uh, and tell us why. Why are you still playing Mario Tennis Aces? Not, we're not judging you. It's just we want to know. Like, are there? Are you out there? Are you still playing? If so, why? And and what keeps you coming back to the game? Because it seems like for some others, um, people, it's just it's really fallen off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or it was never there in the beginning. Um, also, just wanted to throw this in here real quick. This is kind of a, I guess, breaking news type thing. Uh, the former Disney Interactive Vice President John Venocci has joined Nintendo of America. I didn't see that. He is, but... he is now uh, a part of Nintendo. 
and here was his quote. I plan to help continue the tradition of building memories through Nintendo that will last a lifetime. I've certainly, I certainly have a lifetime of them already and can't wait to make more. I'm humbled by this dream opportunity and will work tirelessly to bring you the best I can. Uh, it says here that Venochi will be driving developer and publisher relations for North America. So this, if I'm not mistaken, is he basically doing Damon Baker's old job? Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. Probably. Not so much on the indie side, but just on the publisher side? Totally? I'm not sure I mean, what he's doing yet. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, if he's developer and publisher relations, that sounds an awful lot like what Damon was like doing. That, yeah. So, uh, that, maybe, I mean, maybe we'll, maybe we'll know more at E3. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll see a puppet of him fighting puppet, whoever. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, one other update announcement that I did want to mention, because this has been a pretty popular game on switch third party wise. And that is mortal Kombat 11, uh, DLC characters will be revealed at, today as you're listening to this. Um, so, uh, keep an eye out. Those that list has maybe already leaked online, but again, don't believe it till you see it. Right? I mean, we're supposed to be sitting here waiting for Erdrich to drop for Smash, and we don't even know who the second one is. So, eh, it's out there. Just look for the update today. A uh, couple little more news nuggets here before we move on. DC Universe Online. This was a announcement that came out last week, and we. Missed it due to our E3 predictions. Uh, DC Universe Online is coming to Nintendo Switch this summer. It's a free-to-start MMO by Daybreak Games. This is the same company uh, that continues to run EverQuest. Uh, and you can also buy a gold subscription for added benefits such as access to expansions, uh, additional character slots, more inventory space, and a golden utility belt. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Uh, also, the ability to have parents named Martha. Uh, sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> I hate DC movies. Uh, I'm probably going to get crap about that, but I don't care. Uh, anyway, any memberships and premium currency on the PC version do not migrate over to console versions. So keep that in mind. If you're playing, uh, you'll be starting basically fresh over on the Switch, which is a bummer. But hey, this is good. Um yeah, I was thinking about trying this when it, when it came out on the Switch, just because yeah. I do have a lifetime subscription on the PC, and I've read that it doesn't migrate over. I'm like, oh, then maybe not. Uh, I'll is, still try it to see if it's better than the last MMO I tried. This is the first MMO on the Switch. Is that correct? No, that was a Korean one that I think that was out earlier this year, and it was just horrible. Okay, so the first is it the first one that's come stateside? Well, the, the, this was this did, 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 North, did the North, Korean one come stateside as well? Yeah, it was a North American release. Is uh, okay, but uh, it, it was trying to do everything the PC version did, and uh, when it, when I went into a public area, it just tanked. Oh uh, yeah, it would, I was getting seconds per per frame, and not you know people popping in and out. Because everyone couldn't render at the same time, but when I when I went into a 
private instance of an area, then things ran smoother. Surprise. Gotcha. I forget the, well, I forget what it was, but, uh, it was a game that's been on a PC for a while. But yeah, so yeah. I heard that you now people are saying that they think that DC Universe Online for Switch might have its own separate servers. So you wouldn't necessarily have the, that problem playing with PC versions. I think this is already on PS4, so we, it might share servers with PS4, but uh, you know, just feel, it sounds like there is a separation between PCs. Okay. In uh, some pretty big news, Nintendo is going to delist Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and Fire Emblem Heroes in Belgium due to loot box law fears. In other words, um, they don't want to be sued for blatantly selling loot boxes in Fire Emblem Heroes and Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, because that's what it is. Sorry, it's hard to call it anything else. Um, you can play these games until August 27th, and then existing Leaf tickets or orbs on accounts can still be used while the game is playable. Uh, however, it does sound like they've already removed the ability to buy Leaf tickets and orbs, which severely limits the game uh, for some people. Uh, future games with similar earning mo- earnings models, including Mario Kart Tour, which is currently in beta, will not be probably Pokemon re- Masters. Yeah, and probably Pokemon Masters. You're exactly right. Will not be released in Belgium, which sucks for people who live in Belgium. <laughs> and I think this is only a matter of time before we start seeing these laws elsewhere as well. By the way, yeah, uh, we've spoken about this on the show before, but essentially, it is a big form of gambling, and it is. It is getting people into gambling early, um, regardless of which way you look at it. It's basically the truth. Um, so I can see these laws coming into effect elsewhere, and if they do, it's really going to change the landscape of mobile gaming. Uh, but I mean, for me, don't, this don't is the you think that would be changing it for the better? I think it would. For me, I mean, for me, I don't play these games because of the loot box. Things I love Fire Emblem, but I can't play Heroes because unless you're going to start pumping money into it, then you're only going to get so far so fast. Yeah, there was one game I played several years ago that I put a lot of money in, and I just got sick of it. I avoided mm. them, and you know, my my son, you know, even you know, he when he, he first told me about, well, I think it was Counter Strike Global Offense that they have loot boxes in there. I'm like, no, don't you don't want to fall in that rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, and and I wonder what like the the fallout of that. It won't just be loot boxes, right? It'll be trickle down um, energy, right? You gotta you gotta like pay. You can pay five ninety nine to refill your energy. I hope that goes away too. Uh, yeah, that, that's because it will force people to make better games. Yeah, that's slightly different because that's not a gamble. You know what you're getting, so you're right. paying for something that's guaranteed. Um, I think those things won't go away. And if anything, those are the sort of things that will be the future of mobile gaming. Yeah, they'll if, just if increase. Go. Yeah, that, what they'll do is they'll just make the games really hard to the point where you'll have to keep buying top-ups. Now we're back <laughs> to the 1980s arcade games. Exactly. Yep. Yep. What goes around, all you know, nothing new under the sun. Um, but it really sucks for, you know, people there who are anticipating Mario Kart Tour and other other things coming down the pike, you know, uh, but you, for the most part, I do find that I can live without mobile games, yeah, <laughs> you know, 
There's the start um, of even legislation in the United States about it, but the way that the current le- uh, legislation is being written, it's like overshooting. So it affects pretty much any in-app purchase, not just overshooting boxes. in American politics. Right, no. right, big shocker. So you know, even uh, Mario Run's approach would be not not legal. Okay, that that's overkill. You're going too far. Yeah, that's... reel that in. Not good, not good. Uh, a couple other uh, things this week. Ghostbusters, the video game remastered out of nowhere, was announced this week for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I heard this was uh, coming on other systems, but today it was it was announced that it is coming on Switch. Yeah. Uh, there, there has been a version of this game previously on Nintendo System. It was on the Wii. Uh, but if you remember, it used very cartoony characters and the graphics were really toned down uh, compared to the PS3 and Xbox 360 at the time. This game's coming out this year uh, and will probably be one of those full retail price games that you're just kind of like, what? Um, and speaking of full retail price, if you buy a, a Nintendo voucher, uh, you can use that. To buy Ghostbusters the video game later on this year, you can. But why would why would you? I don't know. Maybe you can. Oh, who knows? I wasn't expecting it because I don't think this is Nintendo published. Ah, uh, well. I mean, you never know. They'll probably have to publish it just like they do everything else uh, to get it on the Switch. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we we asked on our Twitter this week uh, whether week. you would or last week. That's right, <laughs> last week because again, E three. We ask if you would buy. Are, are planning to buy Nintendo vouchers. Surprisingly, 71% of the 163 people who voted said absolutely not, that they will not purchase Nintendo vouchers uh, compared to the 29% who said yes. Uh, does that shock you guys at all, or do you, is that to be expected? It was a little shocking to me. I, I... I expected it still to be more no's than yeses because I think so many people are still physical or bust. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't care about the vouchers, but still that's, that's a, that's a, almost, you know, three out of four, almost that's more than I thought for us to say no. Yeah. I don't think it really surprises me. I think there's a lot of people who like physical copies anyway. And uh, even though they offer a saving, Compared to buying physically, um, it's not really that much. We saw, I spoke about this, I think it was last week, now the week before, when we talked about the vouchers when they got revealed. Um, if you're buying physical in the UK, you're still getting the games cheaper than buying those buying those uh, vouchers. So I just I'm like really I'm surprised. I think it's funny that everyone complains about the quote switch tax. And then Nintendo gives you an option to save money, and everybody's like, "Oh man, that sucks." Yeah, I think, it, I think this, the thing is, you have to essentially buy two games. You're you're promising two games. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot for uh, like the sticker shock. I think yeah. is is part of the the thing. Like, uh, you know, if it was pay, you know, you you pay the the price of the first game now, and then you're locked into paying. Uh, you can get this game down the road for you know twenty percent off, right? 
and you could, you know, with the promise of using it later. Yeah. Like if it went in like your coins, like if, you, if there was an option to, okay, I'm going to use my 20% off now. That I, I think that might make it a little more palatable to some people. Because a hundred bucks, like I've I've thought about buying it because I've said like I'm going to get Mario Maker two and I'm going to get Ultimate Alliance right, uh, so that would be a perfect way for me to use the Nintendo voucher, but I just can't drop a hundred bucks right now. I can't do it, and that may yeah. be where a lot of those seventy one percent are. As I say, that that's that's my problem with it as well. Is uh, I live by month by month, so if there's not a game coming out in the month anyway, I'd save the money, but. Um, to buy essentially two games in one month? No, that's out of the question. Yeah. Plus, plus I've got a boss. Uh, other people call it a partner. Um, which I would have to, you know, convince that this hundred um, pound purchase is definitely necessary. Right. Uh, and the answer would be no. We could take the daughter somewhere, or we can go other places. Uh, you know, it's, it is a lot of money to drop at once. So I understand what Nintendo's doing with it. I just don't think it's the right way of going about things. And especially being as they're limited. I mean, I, that was a, such a shock to me that you can only buy them. I think it, when is it until the end of um, June? July. Is it? July. Right. Yeah. That's, it's just, it's just still not great. Is it really, to be honest? So. I mean, it's not ideal, but I, like I just, I, I, I've seen some pretty extreme reactions, right? Oh yeah, so you don't need to be extreme about it. You just buy it or you don't. And that's it. Right, right. Um, speaking of game vouchers, uh, Dragon Quest Builders Two is now available for pre-purchase and is Nintendo game voucher compatible. Uh, also, here in the North American region, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Super Mario Maker Two, both available for pre-purchase as well. Uh, I would expect we'll see something for Fire Emblem very soon. So there are some uh, ways for you to use those game vouchers. And let's be honest, E3 is going to happen next week or in two weeks, and we're going to see some pre-purchase things go up, right? I fully believe Mm -hmm. there will be, you can purchase this right now. Uh, It'll launch on blank. So be ready for those. I'm going to go off script a little bit and say, speaking of sticker shock, there's that new 3DS game that hit last week. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I didn't know that we were, like, I I thought that we might talk about this. Um, Yeah, there's a $100 3DS game in the 3DS eShop right now. I I, I didn't look into the details on it. I don't, it's, it's not, if I find, if I, if this is what I think it is, it's not designed for normal people to just buy. It's meant for optometrists to buy and then use it as a part of the diagnostic tool set. And that's why it's a hundred dollars. It's just, it's just a weird way to do it. That's an extremely weird way to do it. And I don't know any optometrist in the entire United States who uses a 3ds to check someone's <laughs> eyes. I don't know. It, so, it's, I, I don't know. I just know that the developers are getting roasted for it online and uh, because it was just put up there with, with no, like, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just but like the best comment I saw on it was that maybe um, maybe they meant to type in nine ninety nine and hit an extra nine. 
I don't know. Maybe it is a hundred bucks. That's it's just weird. What what is the name of that game? PDI check. PDI check. What is a PDI? I don't know. Yeah, it was still put in the chat. PDI check is an interactive multiple choice game utilizing the unique color three dimensional screen of uh, of on the Nintendo 3DS system to quickly and accurately measure near vision, acuity, color vision, and and then that's the end of what he's posted. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think uh, this is designed for normal people to just buy. This is kind of meant as something else. Not the right well, way to distribute that type of software. A, a little bit of a little bit of the old Google research while you're you were mentioning that for maybe sell. Um, doct- eye doctors do measure something called PD, which is uh, pupillary distance, uh, which is the distance between the centers of your pupils. Why you would need a 3ds to do that? Who knows? Anyway, don't buy it. It's ninety nine dollars, and they won't refund your money. Uh, <laughs> I'm convinced it's a scam. It's totally to see who will buy it, and then they can laugh all the way because it is. It looks it's it's terrible. Like I looked at the screenshots of it, and it is ridiculously bad looking. But if it's a diagnostic yeah. tool, it doesn't have to be great looking, right? But will a diagnostic tool work on a 240p screen? <sighs> That's a yeah, great the, question. The, the other thing that would concern me about it is you are on about the. Uh, 3D screen, or if you're playing on a 2DS. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No. This... Moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Let's, let's, let's hit our last news here. Uh, Nintendo Switch is going to head across the U.S. for an interactive road trip for kids and families this summer. Uh, this is not coming to uh, you or, or anybody over there uh, in the U.K., uh, Gary, but games that are going to be playable on this uh, are going to be Mario Maker 2, Super Smash Ultimate, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, Overcooked 2, Super Mario Party, and Splatoon 2. Uh, and you can find a list of this road trip, uh, the places it's going to stop uh, on Nintendo's website. And you know what am- amazes me about this list is that someone from Nintendo finally remembered that there's a middle part of this country. Yeah. People don't just live in Sacramento, Washington, Miami, and New York. Because I, I, I used to say if the, the state doesn't have water near it, then they forget it, ex- it exists. Yeah. They're going to Kentucky. They're going to Iowa. They're going to uh, Georgia. They're, they're going to go crazy. to Megadance land. They're going to the Minnesota State Fair. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so go on out there and check it out. Um, like some of, of these dates. A lot of state fairs. Th- yeah, it's a lot of state fairs. California, uh, some of these Iowa, dates, Kentucky, there for New four York, days. New Mexico. And, uh, the press release on this also says that uh, they're going to have games, memorable photo opportunities, and activities for the whole family. So moms and dads, this sounds like a great thing to take the kids out to, even if it's games you already have. Go out and, you know, Check out what Nintendo has to offer. Again, go to the website, uh, or you can just Google Nintendo Switch Road Trip, and uh, you'll find a list of the dates and where they're going to be. It begins, let's see, in June and goes all the way through October 6th. Yeah, it ends in Georgia Georgia National Fair, October 3rd through 6th. 
Lots of things in in Georgia, though, to be honest. Right. Um, That's our news. Let's discuss something else from this week, shall we? So Super Mario Maker 2 is almost here. We are uh, really just under 30 days away from the release of it. And on the heels of a really, really excellent Nintendo Direct, hype has been huge until this week. Uh, In what could only, uh, I think, in my opinion, be labeled as a series of missteps, Nintendo has revealed um, lots of disappointing missing features from super uh from super mario maker uh and i want to run down a few of these for you the biggest one and i think the one that's gotten the most flack online is that uh the mode that allows you to play um courses online uh against each other in either competitive or co-op play will not allow you to play with friends it will only allow you to play with random people and as soon as this broke, uh, y'all, I would have hated to be in Nintendo's PR that day. Um, I just, like, you know, we could sit here tonight and we can talk about all of the reasons that we know this is happening or that we get it or we know, you know, we, we understand Nintendo's online strategy. I can't for the life of me defend this anyway uh, like there's nothing redeemably good to say about this situation like why their excuse uh, and I'm taking this straight from the statement that Nintendo released is that um, the ga- as, as the game is now now I like the way they say this as the game is now You cannot create friend lobbies online. You can only play online with randoms. You can still get friends together and play with local play, unless, you know, they're my friend who lives in London and and England over there, and Gary's not going to buy a plane ticket and come sit in my living room so we can play Mario Maker together. Uh, I mean, he could could play my courses. They do mention that. But the, the, the big issue revolves around that they believe it will screw up online leaderboards. Oh, um, you know, it's please, such a... Please, such Gary, a, make some sense of this, if you can. There's no sense in it. No. it, it it's, just, it's, just, <laughs> it's just so stupid. I mean, they, they, all they needed to do was put an option. You're playing with friends. Uh, you won't get ranked or points for this. Do you want to continue? Yes, no. That's it. That's the end of it. And, Bingo. Uh, to me, it's just, a, it's just a really bad PR excuse. Um, which we get it. You know, PR can be touchy. They have to... They have to basically word and try and fix things that the developers and stuff missed out of games. You know, it can be a touchy, tough job. We all know that. And it's a shame for Nintendo Minute as well because they put a new video out just as this broke and everyone took to that to voice their opinions. But it is baffling. It, it is something that's so, so silly and, and kind of idiotic to miss out. You know, they got people so hyped when they announced online. Yeah. And they failed to mention that you couldn't play it with your friends until later. Like, as oh, I'm closer. sure that was not an accident that they didn't mention that right away. Uh, I want to hold on to that as very, long as possible. Very carefully left out. 
Wouldn't yeah, you agree? Th- th- this is it's a bad thing to do because now they've lit the fire, they've got everything ready, and then they've just put themselves on it to roast. It's- yeah, I I tweeted about this on the day that it happened, and I this is this was what I said that this is not the Nintendo that we have come to know and love during the Switch era of the last two years. This is Wii and Wii U era Nintendo crap. Like really. I disagree. I think this is worse. I uh, I can't remember my exact tweet, but I put something like Nintendo during the N64 days. Come and play with your friends. We we let you play four player. More friends than anyone else let you play. Come on, come on, sit down, play with your friends. And then Nintendo during the Wii U era. We won't let you have achievements online because we want you to concentrate on fun, and we don't want to ruin the game. And now it's like you don't need friends. It's all about the achievements. Come and get a bigger global score, guys. Ditch your friends at the door. <laughs> it's it's like like I I don't know it. You know the, situations like this is are very telling when you go back and you read those old um, when you, when you read those old posts or, or articles about how when they went to um, you know talk to Nintendo about why can't you make it like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live and. <laughs> People at Nintendo went, what's that? Yeah. And so let me let me let, let me break down some of this other uh, news that came out. And this all, by the way, started with a video from our good friends over at Game Explain. Game Explain were the ones who kind of broke this and and started to get into all of the things that were missing. Um in an analysis video. Uh, and here's another thing that they mentioned. And, and to me, for me personally, this is the one that, that is the, 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 the big one for me. Like I, I hate it for people that wanted to play online with their friends. Again, that's not something I get to do a lot, but this one for me is pretty terrible. And that is they have removed support for amiibo functionality from the game. So no more mystery mushrooms, uh, no more costumes, no more themed levels based around those costumes. Uh, y'all, that was one of my favorite things about Mario Maker in the beginning was, uh, you know, not only the levels. costumes that, is what kept me playing for a while. Yeah, like not only the, the, the levels that people would create, but the levels that Nintendo themselves would release in promotion with other with other, you know, like entities. I mean, they had like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just crazy stuff that didn't really make a lot of sense, but it was cool because you knew Nintendo designed the level. So it was at least going to be halfway decent. Right. Yeah. Uh, Like a dragon says, RIP eight bit Joker. Yep. (laughs) Well, like I'm looking across my office here at three shelves worth of Amiibo, right? There are like, 20 or, or so per shelf or 16 to 20 per per shelf. And I've got them divided into halves. So like that's like 40 amiibo per shelf and there's three of them. What am I going to do with all these? You know, like I was holding out hope that we would see some kind of interactivity with Mario maker. But I also believe that this is like, if it's not the final nail in the coffin, it, this has got to be one of them for Amiibo. Like it's, hey guys, we're we're kind of done here. 
Yeah, now there's something that I'm curious about with with this no amiibo support is we know that the amiibo is not on there. I mean, like, we should have guessed this sooner when the box art got put out months back that there was no amiibo logo on the front. Well, yeah, um, but is it definite that the mystery mushroom isn't in there? Is that a definite? Because you got to think that a lot of these these outlets and stuff like Game Explain are still under embargo. So there could very well be an alternative to the costume still. And they might, don't know about it. They might have had something that hasn't been shown to get well, yet. It, it says here in this, I'm reading an article um, the that says, in the original Super Mario Maker, tapping an amiibo would unlock special costumes in the form of mystery mushrooms. However, for some reason, this feature has been removed from Mario Maker 2, which was confirmed by Game Explain after speaking with a Nintendo representative. Yeah. See, the, the, to me, it seems like there's something missing from this story. And the problem is with, uh, as we all know, with Nintendo media, is one outlet does a story and then others copy that story and then others will copy that story that's been copied and copy that story that's been copied. And there's details that get missed out and lost along the way. And if Game Explain got their information from a rep, uh, who also will abide to embargo rules. It doesn't necessarily mean that this is completely missing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not sure holding it. I'm not holding out any sort of hope for it because because it's, because it's Nintendo does make these mistakes. Let's be completely honest. Um, I think that it is a shock to us all and we all feel like something's missing, but I could kind of understand it as well because it did take away from it being a Mario game a little bit. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what what happens in the future, but I'm I'm fairly sure there'll be something to replace those costumes in some sort of way. I, I hope so, because like honestly, one of my favorite features from the original Mario Maker yeah. was seeing what people could do. Like I'm gonna put a Mega Man mushroom in this level, and we're gonna make it like a Mega Man level, or we're gonna make it like a like I was looking forward to like Castlevania. You know, like Simon Belmont, Belmont yeah. Mushroom. Yeah, I, was, and, I was hoping for, like, Amiibo costumes to be in other things other than just 8-bit normal Mario mm-hmm. to see what it would oh, look, yeah, that would have made what Mega Man really would cool. look like in the Mario 3D world environment. And there's still, there's still that panel that people are missing next to the uh, Super Mario 3D world, which everyone's expecting to be Super, uh, Super Mario Bros. 2. Uh, what if that's some sort of costume party? Um, yeah. Could be. Totally, Could totally be. viable. Because it only works in that one, you know, mm-hmm. style. Amiibo Festival. Um, <laughs> please, God, no. Uh, continuing the, the disappointment train, it was also confirmed this week that uh, you cannot transfer courses from the Wii U or 3DS to Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, so all the time that you've spent, like if you've got a course you're really, really proud of, you're going to have to build it again, bub. But uh, Kind of not surprised. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so much more going on, like and, slopes and different things. It's a, it's a time entirely different back-end. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, also, to make it compatible, you'd probably do a thing like Pokemon where they're like, right, you need Pokemon Bank and you need Pokemon Home. You need two subscriptions running at the same time to transfer the stuff. Yeah, just just drop the levels. Let people you redesign need, You need Builder time. Mario's construction site. <laughs> <laughs> and mobile app. Yep, you need... You, you, 
Mario Home Depot for voice chat. Uh, oh God! <laughs> Please God, no. Uh, the last disappointing bit of news is that the stylus pen that everyone else in the world is getting will not be coming to North America because Nintendo of America hates us. Yeah, like I like, like heard that I ordered my own pen. Yep. Yeah, I don't like using these anyway. this game. I don't like using these anyway, but I think it's still better than trying to use my fat finger on the screen. Let, let's be completely honest here. That Mario Maker stylus isn't going to be good quality anyway. And it's probably something that you won't use. You'll find that using just a normal touch will probably be better. So I don't think you're missing much. I think it's, I, I understand frustration and annoyance. Uh, but I, just, really I guess like out. the equal opportunity to get those cool things, you know, that maybe we, maybe we won't use, but we'll keep, you know, and yeah. you know, if you collect Nintendo things, it would be nice to have the opportunity to have if, them. Don't know what happened to it, but I remember with I think it was Phantom Hourglass. You know, we we got through Club Nintendo. We got a a plastic stylus for DS that had a feather quill on it. Yeah, I remember and that. I kept that oh, well, in the box, cool. and I told my kid, you do not use this. I think he eventually used it, and that's why it's lost. There you go. Kids, messing up everything since the dawn of time. Right. Uh, speaking of messing up everything, that's uh, that's the end of our Let's Discuss. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Jesse, this week you have been a bad Nintendo dad, and you've not played any video games. Yeah, unless you want to, unless you want to hear more about Picross, which I doubt. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and even then, I don't have much to say. Right, yeah, right. So I'll just, How- I'll, I'll just yield. Okay. All right, Gary, what have you been playing? Uh, so I finally finished the game of university. I've handed in my last assignment. I don't feel good about it, but I've done it. And uh, so I've had some time to game. So uh, what what better place to be than Skyrim? A game that uh, us Nintendo fans are basically... It's like us wearing 1999's fashion out on the streets right now. We're behind the times, but... Hey, you can still enjoy it if you want to. Uh, Skyrim, I'm so invested in Skyrim right now. Um, I've tried to play it a couple of times here and there um, on Xbox and various other places. I never really got hooked on it, um, but it's finally clicked. I think I was missing something before. Um, and it's finally clicked, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Also, I really enjoy the really bad Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions in that game. Like, I don't know if either of you two play Skyrim, Skyrim at all. I have. Yeah, so so you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like you you'll go to some place and they'll be like, oh, I'm I took it out to the knee. And you're like, wow, nobody <laughs> speaks like that. Nobody <laughs> speaks like that. Only wow. people who can't do Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions speak like that. And it's amazing. I love the voice actors so much because some of them are really good and then you'll come across some of the voice actors who are so awful. And uh, oh, it's just great, you know. There's so much dialogue and there's so much stuff to the world that is completely unnecessary, like the hideous amounts of books everywhere that you can read. You can actually read the books. Um, 
that if you want to get lost in the world, then you can get so, so deep into the lore of it. That it's, it's See, insane. I wouldn't call it lost. I would call it overwhelmed. If you want to be overwhelmed by a, <laughs> a video game world, you can play Skyrim. So, you're right. I, I said about uh, Pokemon games being quite linear. I think we might that might have been pre-show, actually. Um, you'll walk for a couple of minutes, and somebody would be like, here, have an item. Then you walk a couple of here, have another item. Here, have an item. And then somebody would be like, oh, no, you can't walk this way, go that way. Here, have an item. That's how Pokemon works. In Skyrim, it's bad Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. And then a book. <laughs> and rinse and repeat, and it goes up. Uh, oh, and don't forget, too, that if uh, if you can't walk in that direction uh, just yet, they'll, uh, they'll, you know, remind you of that by, like, throwing a Yeti in your way. Yeah. It will pick you up and slam you into the ground repeatedly until you die. And the funny thing is, is uh, Skyrim is a really good game. Like, it is a really good game, but I think what makes it more fun is... Like the glitches that never got cleaned up or, you know, various things like that. Like you'll be walking and all of a sudden there'll be uh, like uh, a reindeer fall out of the sky. <laughs> and you're like, wow, what, what is going with, on here? With that game, the more bugs they try to clean up, the more bugs they add. Yeah. I, I saw one one time where uh, this guy was fighting two troll giants or something like that. And one of them. Him and he flew into space. Like he was looking down, and the map was just getting smaller. <laughs> smaller. So far, I've had a break dancing uh, uh, dragon skeleton as well. Oh yeah, I got that one too. Yeah, it's it, it just you kill the dragon, and then all of a sudden his body's like, yes, it's time to party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. One time, so I was I was coming out of like the the first big city that you're in, like when you kill your first dragon. And like it's it's dead carcass just dropped out of the sky, yeah. Like right there at the entrance, like just bones everywhere. Like, where did that come from? And like uh, it, it's really funny because uh, there's there is a permadeath for the some of the town folk on there as well. So, um, you can lose merchants, and then you will never be able to buy anything from that merchant ever again because he's dead. Uh. And you hear stories of like people who played like you'll talk to your friends who've all played it before, like years ago on Xbox, and they're like, Oh yeah, I used to take the dragons into the towns. Like if I saw a dragon, I'd run to the nearest city and the villagers would help me kill it there. And then they realise that like, wow, half the villagers are dead now, so I can no longer buy items or do anything in this village, it's completely useless now. <laughs> so but there wasn't this a question there he wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing as well, because some of those glitch out. But, yeah, I mean, the, the world of Skyrim is something that was, as I said, late to us Nintendo fans. I really think it's one that people shouldn't miss out on. If, if you're a fan of action-adventure RPGs, then uh, it can take a little time to get into. I mean, it was a good 10 hours before I even knew partly what I was doing. Um, but the game is massive. It's so big, and there's so much to do in it. And you can see where Breath of the Wild runs parallels. Um, where Breath of the Wild does things better and where Breath of the Wild does things worse. So it, it is, it's, it's just fantastic. I think, I think everybody should play it at some point. Excellent. Uh, and also don't, don't forget to mention that you can shoot arrows up deer's butts. Yes. Yeah. Which you continue to post on Twitter. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I'm becoming somewhat of a hero at doing that now. <laughs> yeah, you've you've hit like two or three at this point. Yeah. It's it's actually right. aimed as well. It's not it's not accidental. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and this is what happens when uh you have been uh grinding away at university for an entire year. Yeah, right? you just all of a sudden arrows, bums, they just connect. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, um that leads me into what I've been playing this week uh with the animal connection, not arrows and bums. Um <laughs> I'm I'm finally able to talk about this game. I heard a, uh, yeah, I heard a bullseye, but that's new. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This was more elk <laughs> Um I've been playing uh Little Friends Dogs and Cats on the Switch, uh, which is um a third party spiritual successor to Nintendo Dogs uh mm-hmm. on the DS and the three DS. And um for the most part, yeah, I'm I've been pretty pleased with it. I've actually really uh, the majority, the bulk of it has been played by my daughter. Uh, I handed it off to her and and let her run with it. And in an afternoon, she progressed way further than I had, uh, just because it it's it is a pet simulation, a pet care simulation game uh, with some obvious arcadey type elements as well. Uh, for those of you who don't know anything about the game, when you start the game, you get your choice of um, three or four dogs, uh, different breeds. There's like a Sheba and a Chihuahua and a Golden Retriever and some Labradors or something like that. Uh, if you don't like those, you can shuffle the dogs and they'll, you'll get a new selection. You, you pick a puppy or pick a dog, you name it, and then you begin to, to do things with it. Like you, you learn how to pet the dog. You learn how to throw a ball and have the dog go get it. Um, one of the things I love about it is that it tells you the dog's personality. <laughs> it's like, this dog is sweet and sassy. And I was like, well, that just sounds like, you know, Southern to me. So we're going to pick the Sheba that's sweet and sassy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, jerks. Yeah, there was one that was like, I, I don't remember what, how it phrased it. But I was like, yeah, that dog's a jerk. We're not getting that dog. No, he's going to no, be here. For, but, but, he's going to be dog- here forever. Dogs when they're jerks are the best. They really are. I mean, it, it, you, anyone who's seen Marty and me, they know what I mean. They know what I mean. My dog's a jerk. <laughs> My real life dog is a jerk. The uh, so you you progress in game, and uh, as you um, as you do things with your dog, uh, your friendship level goes up. And when you begin, when you get to uh, certain levels, you unlock new things like the ability to go buy costumes, the ability to go out on a walk, the ability to um, go, go into competitions. There's a, a frisbee throwing, you know, game that you can do where you throw the frisbee and try to get the dog to catch it. Um, and at level 15, you unlock cats, and then you can adopt a cat. And but you have to be friendship level 15 first, which is kind of weird, but you know, I mean, for it to be called dogs and cats and then make you grind up to level 15, which I, I say grind. It's not like, keep in mind, it's not like a JRPG grind. Cause I mean, like my daughter was at level 10 in an afternoon, right? Cause she just, she loved the game. She played it. Um, there's a couple of things about it that I think I, I do want to make people aware of and be wary of is it, you can play it in handheld and in docked mode. Um, in handheld mode, it's great. In docked mode, it's I don't like it, and the reason is that in in docked mode or in handheld mode, everything's touch controlled, 
So when you pet your dog, you're actually running your finger along the screen. You know, when you're flicking the, when you want to throw the Frisbee, you're flicking the Frisbee, you're throwing the ball. Uh, and there's actually more control to it when you're on the touch screen. Cause like if you'll go and watch our, um, video review of it, like the video let's play, my daughter and I, I actually did that together. And she mentions, you know, Oh, when I was playing it in handheld, I could throw the ball higher than I can here. So what's the difference? Well, when you're playing it in docked mode, you're, you are relegated to Joy-Con motion controls. Yeah. And I would love to sit here and tell you that they work um, and that they're great, but work is just about as good as it gets. Like they work enough to make you frustrated. And like the first time I played it, I was, I, they were okay, but we tried to do it during the video to have her do the, the, the joy con and, and have it in one in each hand. And it just was not working for her. Right. And that's how they recommend you to play it. One joy con in each hand. And like, you know, when you're petting the dog on, on screen, you'll see like two hands and you can move them around with the joy con and, and pet the dog. And you know, little sparkles will come out if you're doing it right. And you'll get some, you get some, like, it's a good use of HD rumble. Like, if you're doing something right, your controller will vibrate, it'll rumble, and, and it'll continue and it'll get faster and faster until the, the, the sparkles come out. And then, like, your, you know, the dog's rating will go up or whatever. And there's only so many levels you can gain in a day. Like, it's so they, they pace you, right? So you're not constant, like, you're not going to level up your dog to 50 in one day. Um, right. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice diversion. It's not a bad looking game. Uh, the dogs are animated really well. They're cute, which I think is a necessary component for this type of game. Um, it's the type of game that I wish that I had had when I was a kid because I grew up very badly allergic to pet hair and I still am in a lot of ways. Uh, so like we can have outside dogs, but we've never, like, I've never been able to live in a place where there's an indoor cat or an indoor dog or anything like that. It's the type of game that I wish that I'd had when I was a kid, when I was being told you can't have a cat, you can't have a dog because you're going to, you're going to have an allergic reaction. So it feels, you know, you can develop a, I think, I think a kid could develop a connection with this virtual pet, right? Cause you don't just play with them. You feed them, you water them, you, uh, there's there's four different qualities down in the bottom left hand corner, and you're trying to to raise those up to green, right? Going to have the same uh, fate as my first virtual pet? I hope not. I, listen, if there's a dead dog <laughs> on a little pet, yeah, well, little my, friends, my daughter will cry. I'm, I'm glad you knew where I was going with that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't so think I've, they could die. I've got a question about it. Now I got okay. hands on with this at EGX Res, and now I'm say I thought the dogs were really cute. I thought it was a well polished game and all that sort of stuff. But um, I had a bit of trouble with the menus. Is, is that something that's quite uh, that's actually hard to navigate? Hey, that's a that's a really good question. There's a ton of menus in this game. Yeah. Um, and so it's easy. I won't say it's easy, but it's it's not hard to get lost in the menus, right? Like you go into care and then the care is broken down into play and feed and water and pet. And uh, what they don't tell you is that, you know, going to the pet option will also allow you to press a button and get out the brush and brush the dog. And uh, The tutorial will tell you those things. But again, if you're a five-year-old kid, you're not reading the tutorial, right? right. They just want, they just want it to be easy to play with the doggy. 
And so that can be a, a sticking point. And I think that's where we as parents, you know, kind of have to stick with our kids and when they're playing and say, okay, well, you got to do this or, you know, move over there and press this button. And, uh, but my daughter was able to figure it out pretty well. Of course, she's about to be 11. So there's, you know, I, I, I keep seeing games and I don't know if, I don't know if Nintendo prints this on their boxes or not, but I've seen it on some PlayStation games lately. Uh, you know, basic reading ability is required to enjoy this game. And I think, I think that's here too. I mean, there's a lot of visual stuff, but you do need to be able to read the tutorials and see uh, what you need to do now. Is your dog going to die or is it going to spiral off into the abyss if you don't do everything right? No, but um, your, your connection with your dog and your rating is directly related to the amount of money you earn for doing things with your dog, which will then allow you to buy new things, like buy new toys, buy outfits, because you can dress the dog up, because why not, right? Uh, sure. And at this point, at this point, we have spent tons more time talking about a pet care game than we have a lot of games that we talk about here. But uh, let me wrap it up by saying this. I do think it's a great game for kids. Uh, I just necessarily did not hold my attention as an adult. Does that make sense? It's kind of like Amiibo Festival. And that may be harsh to say that it's like Amiibo Festival. Let me explain. My kids loved Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, and they would beg to play it. And we would go, okay, right, we'll play it. And then we'd get into it, and they would be having a good time. And my wife was sitting there, and I'm like, please tap the amiibo. Oh, my God, please go. That Little Friends is not like that. Like, I never had an experience where I'm like, oh, my God, dog, please just do whatever. No, I didn't do that. But it, to me, it was one of those things like my kids are getting more enjoyment out of this game than I am, which is fine. It's totally fine because not everything has to be Should for me. Should be expected for a game like this. Yeah. Uh, so this is available digitally right now. It's also available in a retail package uh, as well if you want to if you want to go the physical route. Um, and just again, full disclosure, we got a review copy of this, so um, we're thankful for that and um, enjoyed our time with it. Go check out our video over on YouTube if you're looking for specifics. There's about 15 minutes of footage there um, where we show off different modes. We show off the dog walk mode and the frisbee and all kinds of other stuff uh, as well over there. Uh, another game that I've been playing today is Devolver Digital's newly released Gato Roboto, which is uh, the only way I know to describe this is Metroid if a cat was in the suit and not Samus. Yeah. Therefore, it is awesome. You need to play this game. It's $6.50 right now uh, on the eShop, I believe. That was the pre-purchase price. Uh, maybe it's still on sale uh, in the Devolver sale. If not, it's $7.99. It's totally worth your time. It is one of the tightest platforming experiences that I have experienced lately, period. The controls are so spot on. Uh, and there's a ton of humor. Uh, basically, the, the, the story of the game is, is that an astronaut or, or, you know, somebody's flying around out in space. He goes to investigate a distress signal, crash lands on the planet. He's stuck in his ship. He can't move. And so the cat is left to find a way out. And the cat ends up finding a robot sentry suit that you go around killing things with. And it's amazing. Uh, there's a little bit of Blaster Master mix in here, like, cause the cat can get out of the suit and go through vents and little ducks and different things. But the cat is 
is absolutely one hit dead. Uh, and, but then there's the up, then there's the Metroid part of it in that the suit can be upgraded, and there's even other vehicles you can find as well. Like I've I've got the robot suit, and uh, recently I finished an area where you can find a submarine for the cat to ride around in and shoot torpedoes, <laughs> which just gives me joy. Uh, there's all kinds of little unlockables. There's unlockable cartridges you can find that will change the uh, the game is completely black and white too. By the way. Um, which is really cool. I like that aesthetic. Um, kind of reminds me of Downwell that I've been playing a lot lately. Uh, but yeah, you can, with these cartridges, you can change the theme, with, like with, the palette. With Downwell, it's hard to tell what's what sometimes because it's basically three colors. Yeah, and I just I just unlocked a, a palette on Downwell that's all it's it's uh, the accent color is gray. Instead of red, oh my gosh! I tried playing it, and I'm this is one of my quickest deaths so far. Uh, but the palette I just unlocked before I quit playing today uh, in Gato Roboto was called the Urine Palette, and it was it was it's a black background and all the white turns bright yellow. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a little uh, twisted sense of humor to this game, uh, and uh, it's it's I'll interesting. Give it a try. Yeah, I I I really highly recommend this. Like a couple weeks ago, I I really really hyped Castlevania uh, Anniversary Collection, and somebody commented on Twitter about how uh, they went and bought it after that. I I give this the exact same type of recommendation. It is fantastic. Um, I love Devolver. I can't wait to see what they're bringing to E3 this year. Uh, I didn't realize how many other games I had and and wanted until I went and looked at the sale today. Uh, they're just a very solid publishing house, and I'm super thankful for this game. It's uh, it's really cool. Is this the first year they're doing their own E3 show, or have they done, have they done it in the past? No, they did one last year. They they did a small one last year. Okay. Uh, but I think this one's going to be. I mean, they're they are one of the major published indie publishers for Switch. Because um, last they, year, I don't think I've ever heard of them. They take a lot of risks on games that other people might not, and I I really appreciate that. Like I I think it's pretty cool. They had a they had a fairly big showing at uh, EGX Res this year. They had uh, one of the biggest rooms, and they had mascots walking around and. All sorts of stuff. So did they, 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 did they show really off uh, my friend Pedro there? Yep, I played it. Yeah, well, yeah. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that one as well. Uh, and there's tons that's that's on sale right now, like Ape Out, Bro Force, Enter the Gungeon is on sale again. Gris, you missed Gris it. Is a good game. Uh, Gris is on sale. Um, Sorta Ditto is on sale, which you've heard us talk about some on here. That guys, they're just. Go look. It's in your news feed on the Switch, the Devolver sale. You can go and you can see all the titles uh, there that are on sale and take you straight to them on the eShop. Well, that's what we've been playing. Let's hit our community spotlight for a rare voicemail. All right, this evening we have a voicemail from none other than one of our monthly mayhem organizers, Drew DeFusco. Uh, and so, uh, Jesse, why don't you play that for us? Hey, guys, it's Drew. Um, calling in because, you know, there's been a lot of chat lately on Discord about the game Moonlighter. I actually recently picked it up about three weeks ago, and I've been playing it here and there, and I actually, you know, fell off it. 
um, not too far into the game, maybe maybe three five hours tops. Um, and, and and it got me thinking, right? Moonlighter is about twenty twenty five dollar game, which is it's a lot of money if I only really put three to five hours into it and then stop playing it. So, what what if they did a pay structure like this, where you download the game, maybe it's three dollars, maybe five dollars, and then you know as you progress, you pay more, right? So for Moonlighter, for example. After you maybe complete the first dungeon, um, it says, hey, how do you like the game? If you want to keep playing, you know, it's going to cost you five more dollars or, you know, concept of insert more coins, right? Um, and then, you know, you keep playing, you like it, you pay the five bucks, you get to the second dungeon. Um, hey, you, you know, you be the second dungeon, do you want to keep playing? Uh, five more bucks. Or, you know what, uh, it's not really for me. I think I'm going to quit here. You know, that way you're only three, five dollars in the hole rather than twenty or twenty-five dollars and only really a few hours played. Um, just a thought that I had. I wanted to see what you guys thought or your opinion on it. Um, let me know what you guys think. Thanks. Wow. Um three words. Super yeah. Mario run. Yeah. Huh. Mobile it, gaming. It, it, it's it's the concept is good on paper, but yeah. just in general, people don't like it is because in general people are stupid and they really don't think ahead. You know, they, they, they'd rather have something, you know, bite, you know, bite size and microtransaction E versus something that where they get, you know, you know, start for free and pay 10 bucks to get the rest of the game. Uh, you know, it kind of sounds kind of like, like chapter based, you know, I think early, early chapter games, I think you actually about to, had to buy each chapter, chapter separately. And then they started to just say, you know, buy the first one for $25 and you'll get the whole, you'll get the rest of it when we're done with it, but we're still developing it. So it's, it's kind of evolved away from that model in multiple ways. You know, as, as somebody who is like Drew and did buy Moonlighter and did fall off of it about, you know, two to four hours into it, uh, I love this idea. <laughs> uh, I would, I would have, uh, but I think that the way that you solve this practically for, uh, devs who, you know, bet on getting that $20 purchase and then would only get a $5 purchase, right? The way that, uh, they, they solve this is demos. Yeah. Pre-release demos of games that allow you to, to decide, do I like this game? And, you know, I know this is not Xbox dads, but I've, I've got to give it to this, that one of the reasons that the Xbox 360 was such a wonderful system to me back in the day was that almost all games on Xbox Live Arcade, the indie stuff, almost all of them offered you a chance to try a demo. Right? Yeah, I think so you, you were able... Or, yeah. So you were able to, to try a game... And there's many games that I picked up um, not really intending to. I played the demo and I was like, hey, this is really good. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy this. But then there was also times that it saved me money because there were games that I, I thought I would like and I'd play them and I'd go, okay, that's not for me. Um, we're starting to see demos pick up more on the Switch, but not at the rate that I'd like them to be. And if... if- Developers do do demos, yeah, you know, have the the save state work into the main game because that oh that, yeah that's cut me off more more than once where I like the demo and I wanted to play more, 
but I had to start over when I bought the game. I'm like, well, I don't want to do this again. I want to, to get to the new stuff. So having yeah, that migrate over helps. For me, I think that it, it's a nice idea again on paper, but the, the truth is that we've seen this. We saw the episodic, um, as you said, uh, push around the Wii era um, towards the tail end of that. Um, like a lot of Telltale games. Yeah, and, and the trouble with that as well is sometimes the devs can decide to change the game between chapters as well, <laughs> which happened with uh, Sonic 4, Part 1 and 2. They were almost, you know, they had differences between the two in terms of control and things. But Bendy and the Ink Machine, like, literally was a different game at the end versus how it started. Yeah. If you played so, it episodically versus waiting till the end to get them all. So it, it's... It's it's a nice idea, but the truth is, is if if the whole game industry was like that, then I probably won't play more than five hours of each game. Uh, especially stuff like, as I mentioned earlier, Skyrim, Breath of the Wild. Like, how much would those end up costing in the end? So I think that I think I think that in gaming you've already got a balance. There's games that you'll spend twenty dollars on and play for a hundred hours. And these games that you'll spend fifty dollars on and play for five, um, yeah, it's it's just it's a win and loss situation that, that's already balanced out. So I think that I think it is a nice concept, but I, in practicality, I don't think it work. And it's one of the reasons why I don't like mobile gaming. Uh, I just don't like the that sort of structure of like constantly having to put money in. Um, it, it's an easy addiction to get into, and it's a hard one to get out. So. Yeah. You could end up paying. Some of the mobile apps that I do still use, have, you know, more and more have gotten into the, you know, you can play for five minutes, but if you want to play for five more, here, watch this forced video. I'm like, okay, no, really don't want to. Mm. You know, you know, if you want that dime so much, you know, find another way to do it. But, uh, very rare. Most of the time, if they start throwing that out in the first five minutes of play, I'm just uninstalling it. That's I don't want to deal with that. So it's a it's a yeah it's I, I understand I understand the the logic and the reasoning behind it. Um, because I mean I've been there as well. I I brought games and I hated them, and there's no refunding and there's nothing like that. So yeah, it's uh, it just I, I think it'd make gaming less enjoyable for me if that was the case. Just wouldn't want to keep putting the money down to get further. Yeah. I would, so, I'd... Some games, you know, again, similar model, but uh, like like the, the puzzle games that I do will have DLC. So if I want to keep playing more puzzles, then there is a mechanism to buy more puzzles to keep playing. But yeah, you know, that that model doesn't work for all games. Okay, I was trying to think of an example. That's why I was sort of um, um in an R and then. But say say Wind Waker, when the original version, not the remaster. When you got to that point with the Triforce quest, I would have probably not put any more money in, and that would have been the end of the game. So I'm glad that I own the game, so I could just do that section and force myself through it. But well, I think you, if that was pay, like, pay money to not go do the Triforce quest. Oh no, I, <laughs> I wouldn't pay for that either, to be honest. But uh, if that if that was the point where it was like, oh, you need to pay, spend another five dollars to carry on, I'd have probably gone. No, you know, because 
this could happen again in the game. I'm not interested now. Uh, so any sort of lull in the game or any sort of unenjoyable part would probably put you off if it's paywalled around there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, it's kind of a weird, weird position to be in, right? I mean, there, like Jesse said, there's obviously games that we've paid for episodically that we have enjoyed and would recommend. And then on the other hand, there's games that are meant to be enjoyed as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot, I think a lot of devs would say that their games are meant to be enjoyed as a whole. And they would not be willing to break them up like that, even though that is a really good idea. Um, like, I mean, it benefits the consumer more than it benefits the retailer. And that's probably why it will never happen because it's all, you know, yes, the consumer is always right, but the retailer and the, the, the developer are the one who gets to set the prices in the way that it, you know, it happens. Uh, and, you know, again, like I said earlier, you know, you've got a game that you expect to be making 20 bucks to pop on, on and now all of a sudden it's only turning five back in, right? Because people are um, only playing it for four or five hours. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, it, you know, to the to the developer, to the publisher, it's not their responsibility to make sure you finish the game. It's their responsibility to sell you the software. Right. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't. They don't care if you only play it for 10 minutes and stop. You know, they got their money. Right. You know, of course, nowadays when the, with like the Activision, the EAs, you know, they, they're, they're trying to nickel and dime you and they want you to keep on playing so you keep on paying. And yeah. those are the games I don't like to, I don't like to deal with. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, guys, that has been episode 232 of Nintendo Dads. We want to thank you for hanging out with us tonight uh, and always supporting us over th- those of you who are over on YouTube in the chat uh, tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us as we record the show live. Um, we want to just say thanks for all the support that you give us, especially to all of our Patreon produ- uh, people and our Patreon producers as well. Those guys are Chris Mears, John Blanco, Dave Ernsberger, and Timothy Off. We want to thank you for supporting us at that level. And any of you who donate to us through patreon.com backslash Nintendo dads, thank you so much for uh, being a producer or a patron of the show and believing in this mission and helping us do uh, all the Nintendo dads related things we do. Uh, You can download this show on Apple podcasts, on Google play, on Spotify now. And if you would this week, hit us with a review a written review, a five-star review would be fantastic. That helps people find the show and find out more about us so we can move on up those rankings and people can see us. You can follow us on social media at Nintendo Dads. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitch, YouTube, wherever social media is, we're probably there. You can email us at NintendoDads at gmail.com or you can call in and leave a voicemail like Drew did tonight at 929-25-NDADS or 929-256-3237. If you want to buy some sweet Nintendo Dads merchandise, you can head over to tiny.cc backslash Nintendo Dads store, all lowercase. Get yourself a phone case, a shirt, some posters, some stickers. Hey, you can even get Jesse as Tingle on your bedspread. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know you want some of that. Big no, thanks to OC uh, for the music used throughout the show, and thanks to Adam Leonard and Carter Johnson for all the sweet artwork they have done for us uh, over the years. For me, for Gary, and for Jesse, this has been episode 232 of Nintendo Dads. Bye bye. Nintendo ads. Two, 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 two.